Welcome back. Hope everybody had a great Memorial Day weekend. I know we did. This is Telling It Like It Is. And I'm your host, Matt, the Godfather Ely. And baby sis is in the house again. Hey, I'm Veronica Ely, sharing the air with you this week again. And uh, gosh, a lot happened in the last couple weeks since we've been gone. Drama. Drama is right, is right. And it's and it's interesting enough because today's episode is on the age of information. Um, primarily, you know, this we we call it the age of information. This is uh, what I call it because information is so is available at a rate at which n- like never before, twenty years ago even you couldn't get informa- so much information so quickly. Um, this you know whole Kathy Griffin thing uh it was the weeks it started it started what happened first Kovefe or Kathy Griffin what was the first thing I think Kath, Kathy was first and right? then and then Kovefe yeah, or, or I, did, I think that Kathy Griffin thing took a couple days took a couple days to like really start to blow up so I think that um that happened f- well I know we should probably we should probably google the <laughs> the timeline. Time <laughs> we don't. We'll, we'll leave that to the. It, it all happened in the last week. Yeah. We had Kovefe happen. That was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I don't know why anybody's surprised by anything that comes out of this <laughs> oh, guy's mouth. God. I mean, but it was a thing. It was. It, it went crazy. It was a hashtag. Yeah. Um. Then memes. We, the memes went around. Yeah. Then we had Kathy Griffin. Um. And then Bill Maher. And then Bill Maher, we had Kathy Griffin and now Bill Maher, who, you know, I've always had mixed, I've always been a fan of Bill Maher, to, but I, to some degree, I've been a fan of his show, but I disagree with a lot of things he says, but I've always been realistic about who Bill Maher is. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, it doesn't surprise me that he did that because Bill, Bill Maher's a pretty arrogant guy. That's kind of his whole shtick, that he's arrogant, he doesn't care who he pisses off. He's very clear about his opinion on matters, mm-hmm. and he's he's you know he's always been an Islamophobe, yeah. like I, I, I mean against religious people, period. Yeah. Um, but especially it's he's been a pretty well known Islamophobe, um, for quite some time. Um, so it doesn't it doesn't surprise me one bit that he would feel comfortable, uh, using the N word in conversation like that. I there is part of me, you know, there's part of me that's like, what the hell were you thinking? Yeah. Like you, your arrogance really reached a new level where you felt like you could just do that. Like, and, and, and you're talking to a white dude. There wasn't even any people of color to like co-sign them. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like me personally, you know, I'm, I don't take words to offense so much as, 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 much as what people's actions are, how they how they do. That's me personally. Like I don't take offense to what words people use, um, but I understand why other people and do. And I'm on the total opposite yeah. side because I I think words are very important and very powerful. So that is why I I tend to be a little more strict on that and what the language you use and what's appropriate, especially when it's racially um, charged or. You know, just yeah, slurs it, in general. Some people think are funny or whatever in the right context. I I think you should tread lightly. But that also kind of goes along with the the Kathy Griffin thing because it's like, what? Like, I mean, she's a, a comedian, but like at the same time, it's like, what kind of were you expecting for the the backlash? Yeah. Like where did, I I didn't see couldn't see that going any like you know any better i was wondering if she i was wonder like if she was a if she was a person of color who did that would there be people defending her because she has some people that do defend her and i yeah i mean i i I, like i said like i said i think it's gross like it's it's gross it's in poor taste i think that people i i personally don't 
wouldn't take offense to it, but at the same time, it was pretty you, far. You had to know. Yeah. Yeah. You, and I think that, like, um, it seems like it took a couple days for it to really, like, blow up. Because initially when it happened, they talked about, like, artistic license. And, you know, she stood by her decision and her and the, the artist um, stood by their decision to do it. And they're like, you know, we wanted we, we wanted to make a statement. And then, which this is kind of like, this is how it is in 2017 the internet caught up and that's when people start backpedaling when some when somebody does something big and drastic makes a statement like that then everybody catches up and the outrage starts and then they're like okay now i got an issue uh, an apology and so they i think that maybe they thought at the time it was was over well i get it and i understand artistic expression and it, it likewise me too personally don't get offended but i'm just looking at in, in a bigger picture where and once again it's the same with belmar it doesn't surprise me that she did it though yeah. like i've watched if you watch kathy griffin and you see her style of comedy and you see how she operates it doesn't surprise me that she did it i do think like you know as even though I'm not personally offended, like I wouldn't see it like, oh my God, you know, but I, you know, I also watch Game of Thrones. Like it's one of my favorite shows. Yeah. And I, you know, and I'm a fan of all kinds of different types of, of artwork. But there are some things to be taken into consideration when, as a father, you know, you're this, like Trump uh, is a person. He does have kids. He does have, and that are, may see the, a young kid that may see this and interpretate it in the right. same way. But, and the same token to me and what I had pointed out is the level of hypocrisy that was exposed. Right, right. Like if you have a problem with that type of thing across the board, okay. But one of the things that happened with me this week that I noticed, because as you know, I don't delete people on Facebook because uh, um, different. we have different opinions. I know it's a, it's a funny thing. I don't block people or delete people because they disagree with my opinion or I disagree with theirs. Um, I, if you pose a threat to my family, the security of my family, then I, then I'll block you. Um, but I noticed people that in my feed in the past when Obama was a president would post things or cheer on people like Ted Nugent, who right. blatantly yep. threatened the life of the president when he said that he told him he could suck on his the end right. of his machine gun and that if he got reelected again, that by this time next year, I'm either going to be in jail or dead. Um, and in case of you people that don't know what he meant, I got it. Yeah. He was going to try to assassinate the president was what he was implying. Yeah. Um, and stood by and cheered and the, you know, the many, many just absolutely racist, blatant, uh, images of Barack Obama in nooses and on fire right. and stuff like that, that they had no problem with. And now they're posting like, Oh my God, what an evil monster. Mm-hmm. What about poor Donald Trump's Baron Trump and and I'm like listen man don't be a freaking hypocrite yeah like you had no problem with if you had a, no problem with it when it was having Obama but now you're jumping on a soapbox because it, it, Kathy Griffin did it you know right. to the white president you're a freaking hypocrite and it's like call it like call it like it is like it bottom line it was just maybe in poor taste but it, it's not the worst thing that his kid has seen or will see or you know, I'm pretty sure he's the child, unless he's super sheltered and has no idea who his father is. He's probably heard his own dad say a lot, you know, of, of vulgar things. I mean, if you watched any of his uh, anything, you know, even when he was a celebrity before the whole presidential thing, he says he's not like a very modest like you know yeah he, he says some nasty things so yeah i think that it's if it were a different maybe a different type of man or a different type of president i could would be a little more sensitive to the what about the children thing but yeah i don't know i think you kind of get back what you put out there and mm. what like regardless of your political opinions donald trump puts a lot of racy things out there to say yeah to say it to cover it i guess Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you know there's there people have very selective memories and i think it's um kind of like you know 
talking about the whole age of information thing and the av- availability of information and we are we're kind of bombarded every single day with all of this you know headlines um twitter facebook you know there's tickers all sorts of different um news sources and i think that that kind of contributes to how quickly we forget about the things that have happened so my favorite thing to do is to just google i say google i always tell people google's your friend and just don't even say anything but just like put a put a link there remember this <laughs> and you yeah. know there's a time stamp a date and a time stamp right on there so yeah going back to the like i think the the biggest argument that people had about um kathy griffin versus or her saying that what she said or doing what she did versus the whole like the racial threats against obama they're like well when a public figure does it it's different and we're like okay well ted nugent so there you go. And then I actually, I had people ask me, like, what exactly? I'm like, Google's your friend. Yeah. <laughs> go you, find you it. Look it up. Nothing go, nothing goes away on the internet, so. Mm-hmm. And with that, we'll, we'll get into the one plus one equals two. It's really simple. The one plus one equals two. What is information? Information is facts provided or learned about something or someone. Or what is conveyed? Pardon me. What is conveyed or represented by a particular arrangement or sequence of things? Genetically transmitted information, for example. Um, so, you know, that's the black and white of information. In case there's anybody out there that doesn't know what information is. <laughs> um, and with that, we'll get into MDG says this. Um, when in regards to the age of information, um, there are many pros, there are many cons. It is without a doubt that we live in a time when it's like you said, Google is your friend. Um, you can look things up within a few clicks. I remember when we were kids, um, debating for hours with my friends about things that would go on weeks and and until finally someone would have to go find some source somewhere and print it out or be like, look, I found this book that said this. Like, you literally could solve an argument if you have people who are open to accepting facts mm-hmm. and pull up the statistics, you know, generally speaking. Um, that being said, you know, that kind of goes into where there's the cons because then you got to also, you got to evaluate the credibility of your sources. Um, and one of the things that, where information comes in handy to solve arguments. Um, as I said, it depends on the people. Um, I have a big pet peeve with what happens with debates now. People tend to want to only hear what they want to believe. Um, I try to be a very objective person. Um, I try to challenge, if I believe something, I try to challenge myself to look at information that's going to prove me otherwise wrong. You know, um, and I've been that way since college, um, you know, as I've stated in the show before and for people that really know me, you know, my views on a lot of things have changed throughout the years, especially from how, I, you know, we were raised and what I was raised to believe right. was the truth. Um, and going, you know, when you go to school for communications and you learn how journalism operates and you learn how the media operates, the mass media operates, right, yeah. it really makes you analyze, oh, man, I need to rethink everything I was taught. So with that being said, it's like debates are healthy until people refuse to, you know, open their mind to other sources of information. Right, you, I've, it seems like... Uh, in my experience, um, over the last what two years, it, we it, all of these debates come to the same point where it's like, well, you're not going to change my mind, and I'm not going to change yours, so there's no use. And and it's like even when facts are brought into it, even when you you could post an, a, a few different articles or sources or whatever to say, hey, look, this is why I think the way I think, and there are still people who just. They're like, no, well, no, no, it's, that's my opinion. That's your opinion. It's like, <laughs> well, if you're just going to hang on to that opinion for comfort or for whatever, you, then there's there's no uh, 
no progress there. Yeah, I have, and I agree. I know there's people that say that they're like, "Oh, what's the point?" There's no sense in, and I disagree. I completely disagree with that statement that there's no point in discussing. I mean, if you're gonna only have an argument where you're trying to scream over each other and you're gonna call names and insult, then maybe you are a person that's pointless to participate. But I feel like having healthy debates and discussions are how you get to, even if you don't change the person's mind fully, like a person doesn't do a full 180 on their opinion, at least if people, in, in my opinion, this is why I don't delete people and I encourage these different opinion discussions on my social media because I feel like even if you don't do a full 180 on your opinion, at least if you're participating in the discussion, that means you're thinking. People right. are thinking. Right. They're hearing. They're gaining some perspective. And I have seen with my own eyes. I have friends, as you've seen, you participate in the discussions. I have several friends that have participated in these uh discussions on both sides of the spectrum of any given topic who I have seen views start to shift in certain places. Mm-hmm. I have friends that were hardcore Republicans on one issue and had a hardcore quote unquote conservative view or what some people may consider to be a conservative view. And that's a whole other debate in itself on certain things. And then through discussion, looked at certain things and their, their mind changed a little bit because they saw it and vice versa. The same with those who have a liberal view or what could be the quote unquote typical liberal view on certain things and their minds changed a little bit. Um, so I think it's important to be able to have discussions and participate as long as you're an open-minded person and you can have a healthy discussion. Right. And I, and that, that kind of like what you said about like screaming over each other. That's what I, I think one of the most beautiful parts of social media is that you can have discussions in text. And if you're willing to participate, you are able to, you know, read through and in most cases, think about what you say before you say it and, really process the information and sometimes go back and reread. And I, there are so many people, it's a very popular opinion that uh, Facebook is not for politics or, you know, I, no one comes to Facebook to see politics or your opinions or whatever. And it's like, well, actually it's a very powerful tool to, to share ideas. And I think that if you're not using social media to, learn uh new like new ideas or to discuss or maybe spread information that's important then you're really just wasting like wasting your time in a sense I mean yes everybody likes to see cute videos and you know keep up with family and friends but the to ignore the power of social media and spreading information is it's that that's the where we are we've evolved to it's 2017 in the age of information and I think that it's probably one of the most important tools we have right now, mm-hmm. especially because you can um, you can talk to people that you don't see that live in. Uh, obviously, we have a really wide um, spread, like people in Texas, people in Europe, you know, Africa. So those are places that you might not physically go and people you might not physically see, but you're able to keep in contact and share ideas with them and see things that you might not see. Um, if you were just to stay in your own little bubble wherever you live. Mm-hmm. So I encourage, I'm, I, I know people know I'm on, I'm on Facebook getting into discussions and sometimes arguments all the time because I think it's healthy. It's good. Yeah, I agree. I strongly agree with that. And I think the thing is, 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 is de- defining what so it's called social media. What it means is to socialize. There's no, there's no black and white, Turn, you know, and each person has their own page. So my thing is, is like, if you don't want to see that or you don't follow, you can hide a post. There's a little tab in the bot where you don't want to see this particular thread. You can click hide this post yeah. or unfollow this post and right. you don't have to see that. Um, You know, it's it, to me, it is very healthy. I've noticed that, in my opinion, it's ignorant people tend to not want to and people who take pride in being ignorant. Um, tend to not want to have discussions. They'll be like, "No, I, you're not going to change my mind, and I'm not going to change yours." So, it's point. I had this experience with. I have a very long time friend, somebody I love. I won't say their name, but someone that I've been friends with since we were kids, and I have a lot of love for this person. But I was very disappointed with them because we were recently having a discussion about politics, and she said to me, "You know, shockingly to me, she told me that she voted for Donald Trump." 
And I was a little shocked because of a lot of the issues that this person takes a vocal stance on. I'm kind of like, well, the average Trump supporter or, you know, and you were just telling me certain things that I'm like, this guy stands for policies that blatantly affect cause are the cause of the problem that you just spoke out about. So as I do with anybody, I'm open my I'm curious to hear. I'm like, I want to hear what, why you. So I asked her, I'm like, so just out of curiosity, you know, why? What was your reason? And she starts going off on things about immigration. And the, the big, her biggest thing was immigration, which I'm like, OK, let me hear some more about this. So in the course of the discussion, I had pointed out to her as me being objective, pointed out to her like, well, you know that Obama um, deported more people were deported under Obama than any other president. She cuts me off. No, that's not true. Obama was a Muslim and him and Hillary wanted to bring Sharia law. And I like at, at that moment, I was like. Discussion How do I over. say this to you without hurting your feelings? But that was the st- I actually just told her straight up that was the stupidest thing I think I've ever heard you. Hear. Well, because I'm like right now we're not having a difference of opinion, and you're refusing to let me. I, I, I'm a, I'm somebody who works in media who gathers information. I can give you the facts here, but she didn't want to hear it because I'm like you, and she's oh, and they traffic children, referring to the PizzaGate. The and I'm like. That was an example of, I'm like, clearly you read those conspiracy theory right-wing nut job articles mm-hmm. that people put out. And to be fair, liberals have their fair of right, nut job right. articles, too, They're that put out. But you are you're reading things that are false information, have been disproved, or just some, you know, conspiracy. people don't follow up after they get the initial headline or article. They don't follow up. Yeah. And so I was trying to say, I'm like, you're very ignorant. And she got mad. Like, I'm like, you're taking this as an insult because but I'm I'm telling you, I don't maybe you, a lot of people don't understand what it means to be ignorant. Ignorant doesn't necessarily mean you're stupid. A smart person can be ignorant. Yeah. Um, ignorant just means you lack proper factual information. Um, you could be stupid. There's dumb people that are intelligent. I think one of the most dangerous things in the world is a. An IQ test. A dumb person <laughs> with intelligence. <laughs> Someone that has proper information but doesn't know how to use it. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, it, it, and it's things like that where I'm like, this is where it becomes dangerous because you have people who will select what pieces of information they get. Now, I would rather take the access to information than not having it. Right. But that's because I'm a person who takes the time to, if I read something, I'm going to read it. And challenge the sources. Right, and most most articles you read, they have these, like, you know, when the font turns, like, blue, you can click on it, and it's usually a link to a source. Mm-hmm. Or they have sources at the bottom of the article. So whenever I'm reading, especially if I'm reading an article from, um, like, a, a very, like, like a left-leaning uh, news source, because that's normally uh, just in my pool of people usually their articles shared from like a left-leaning news source so if it's not really something i recognize or i don't know exactly if it's um a credible news source i usually look for those blue the blue font or what you know whatever browser you have where in their article where they're the main topic those words they show up like a link so you can click on it and then it'll normally take you to another source that you might be more familiar with i'm like okay so this is from here and I know that this is a legitimate news source. So, and you can it, you can go through and you can find where they're getting their information from. Because whoever wrote the article, if it is in fact a credible source of information, they did their research. So, if you're reading an article and there's no sources and there's no um, video, I love video. Video is like that's like especially during the the election and everything. I if I couldn't, I wanted to find a video. Like I want to hear what he said. I don't want to hear someone paraphrase it. I don't want to hear a clip of it, but that's one of the most important things to do when you're reading these articles online is to look for your sources. And there are so many people who they don't even look past the headline. So if you're not even going to open the article, then that's, that's a scary part. Cause yes, we love the, we love the, um, the access to the information and the availability of it, but there are so many people who just abuse that or they don't, they're not as, um, 
they don't actively seek out, you know, the truth. And that's just, I think that's where a lot of the misinformation and the damage is done, essentially, because you have, like you said, people who believe that there's, you know, believe these insane stories that, and they probably been going around telling people about it and Mm -hmm. just false information spreading around pretty much. And I think that's where I think I'm of the opinion of this. In this day and age, if you are ignorant, you have to choose to be ignorant because there is so much information available. Like it's out there. If you really want to be properly informed on a subject, you can't. I, I mean, unless you don't have access to the Internet or, you know, social media, uh, but in very few cases. But I mean, like you see people on social media choosing to be ignorant. Right. So that is the one thing is that and why I love social media, because I. It forces that person to have to either defend themselves or if you take the approach, well, it's pointless. To me, it's just, no, you know you have no basis. Like, to me, someone can call me ignorant. Someone can call me a sucker. Someone can call me foolish. I've had it happen. I've had some of our uncles do that. I don't take offense to it because I stand by my beliefs on something because I do my research. And if I don't, and you can present something to me that proves otherwise, then I might change my mind on it. You might be able to show me something. I mean, it's happened before. So I don't take offense to someone saying you're wrong or right. I think you're being for. I'm like, okay, prove it. Yeah. Prove it. Prove. Let's have this discussion. Show me your facts. I show you mine. Let's let's have a discussion about right. it. Um, generally, the people who get offended or get mad are people who are scared you might be right. Right. And it's funny because it's it's you know people who identify as conservatives or uh Republicans or on the right side. So they seem to be the the quickest to be like, "Oh, everybody's so politically correct. Everybody's so everybody gets so offended." But they're hypocrites because they're also the quick to, the quickest to get offended. By anything they hold there. The, right. The, the, the biggest crybabies. Okay, <laughs> I'm like, you're bigger crybabies than the liberals you call crybabies. Yeah. No, and, I agree. And it's, uh, it's, uh. I feel like they're always drawing the, like, drawing lines. Like, whoa, that's too far. And it's like, whoa, it's okay for you to insult, you know, mass air, uh, mass groups of the population, but it's not okay to. Do any what like, you hold dear. Yeah, like you know, free speech only applies to certain things, I guess. Yeah, it's the hypocrisy. And so to me, it seems like people that get offended are ones who are scared they might be wrong. Like, if you're a person who, you know, you get offended, it's usually someone who's scared that 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 you might prove them wrong. Open minded people tend to be able to participate in a conversation and hold their own and and be able to conduct themselves, you know, you don't have a debate. Some topics can get heated. Like, obviously, there's certain issues or certain topics that some people are going to hold and take more personally. So even if you get heated in a debate, you're still able to have that conversation and hear what the other person is saying and go back and forth without the fear that, oh, my God, they might say something. I I might be wrong. You might tell me something or you might present some information that might be wrong. Right, and it's like there are too many people who would rather be right than be factually correct like they don't care you know they just want to think that they're right and they don't want to be they don't want anybody to present them with information that could change their opinion because then that would force them to actually you know do some work to admit it admit that maybe the way you've thought for however long is incorrect and people are very loyal to their beliefs and, and I know people that I grew up with that were, like, very politically active when we were younger. And, you know, they were, like, gung-ho, th- want this way. And then, you know, they as we grew up, they their pin- opinions totally flipped, like, you know, flipped. And that's fine because – and they those are people who are like, you know, I used to think this way. And then I had um, – certain life experiences that made me see things differently. And now I can speak from the perspective of both sides. Like, you know, I, and I think that if you can relate to why people feel the way they feel, that gives you 
um, the ability to really communicate with them. But there are so many people who just are they're like they feel comforted by the way that you know the things that they've known and that's the way it's been done my whole life and that's what my parents taught me and those people are just true like stuck in their ways truly and um I think those are usually the people who shut down once a discussion gets to a certain point because if you've you know you've been on this earth for however many years and then something comes along that tells you that Everything you've believed is wrong. I mean, I can see why that'd be scary, but as, you know, the type of person I am, I would rather know the truth than continue to believe in something that is just, is is incorrect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say I got to a point where I realized what was important to me, what was right was more important than being right. Mm-hmm. Um you know, especially in our family, uh, you know, from the Irish side, long line of know-it-alls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody knows everything. You can't tell me anything. And I was like that, too, when I was right. younger. And I got to a certain point. Like, it was at the time of college where I was like, I looked at certain people in our family and I was like, I don't want to be like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be someone who is, you know, so married to the way I think something is that I'm being a complete idiot you know i'm being like because i refuse to accept the possibility that something i think might be wrong right um so that was always my policy like i care more about what's right than being right and i think that a lot of people think that it makes them um like a stronger person to like they think that they're standing by their beliefs and well, I mean, obviously, you know, it runs in our family that if we believe in something, we're very passionate about it. But there's a difference, I think, between believing in something and being passionate about something that's important to you and then just refusing to change at all. And like or see so, or or, uh, uh, you know, acknowledge someone else's reason for right. believing what they believe. It's like, OK, like maybe maybe that doesn't apply to me totally, but I get it. Like like what you said, like how you you're not personally offended by words, but you can understand why some people are. And that that just goes down, comes down to empathy and just kind of thinking about things from someone else's perspective. And that's like one of the things about the internet and all of this information we have available. If you find yourself in um, a, a very... Um, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, if you you don't live a very diverse life, like, it, you know, if everybody that you work with and hang out with in your family isn't di- diverse, you can go on the internet and f- learn about anything in the world, anything that you don't know about. And, like, I personally, I've gone, like, I found myself on YouTube channels. You know, people have, like, their, they have their channels and they talk about their lives and whatever. And, like, I've learned things just from YouTube. Like, I'm like, wow, like, you know, like I, I think the the first thing I ever learned about like transgender people was through YouTube, because there's an entire YouTube community of people who explain their point of view and like this is what I've been through. This is the legal aspect. This is the social aspect. And I don't personally know anyone who could tell me that, but I found it on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I think that if um people were to utilize those resources because you can't just go out and make friends with somebody because they're a different color (laughs) or religion like hey let me i want to be your friend because i don't have enough a diverse enough um pool people (laughs) but you can still you can learn a lot on the internet from other people and um i just think gain some perspective yeah that's like perspective is so important and i think a lot of people especially the people from where where I grew up in Owego and the surrounding towns and even still the people that um, I, I like spend time with around at work at the bar, I just think that they don't realize how um, sheltered they are because they never – there's just no diversity. Mm-hmm. And it's that – if you don't have any anybody who disagrees with you or – Anybody who can, you know, like if, if you're surrounded by people who all share the same thoughts and opinions, then you're never going to grow. Mm-hmm. And yeah, or unless you stay in that one little bubble where you're at. Yeah, but. it's like I like this because everybody agrees with me and I'm always right. And it's like, well, yeah, always being right isn't the most important thing. 
And it's not always the most healthy thing either. Yeah. Because, you know, the world changes. And then I want to talk about a little bit about where I I started to see the overall shift in and how the age of information, you know, as far as mass media coverage and public opinions and social issues. So for me, when it came to like social issues, I think one of the one of the pinnacle turning points of what I noticed, because, as you know, I started working in media in 2002. And at that point, social media wasn't really a thing yet. It was, it was, uh, I don't think there was any social media sites that I knew of. You know, we had like AIM, right? You know yeah. what I mean? Or in like chat rooms, People but I'm were talking still about doing dial up at that point. Yeah, there wasn't like, but we didn't have like Facebook and our MySpace wasn't even out yet. No. So, you know, people still primarily got their information from watching. You know, there was websites. You could go to a website and see what, but it was still whatever that TV station posted or what, you know, what you got on the five o'clock news or 11 o'clock news. And then everything, the masses information generally came from the news, TV mm-hmm. news. Right. And some people still read newspapers, but it was, that's where you got all your information from. Um, And the media was very able to be selective on what they would report on. The national media was able to be very selective on what things they would report on and stay out of like social issues if they didn't have to, I started to notice a change around uh, the Trayvon Martin case. Mm-hmm. That was where I started to, to notice a difference. And it's funny because you'll hear a lot of people now, especially people on the right, not to keep beating up on the people on the right. I don't mean to, but hey, <laughs> if the shoe fits. That are like during Obama's um, presidency. Oh, you know, race division is at an all time high and it's the most divisive. And really what it was is that and I say this from knowing people personally, you're just more aware of these things that always existed. And it's uncomfortable for you because you have to deal with it because the mass media is actually reporting on these things. Yeah. These are new. It's always been an issue. This wasn't new. This has always been an issue. People of color have always known this has been an issue. Yeah. It's just that the mass media didn't report on police shootings. They didn't report on, you know, the Rodney King thing was only a thing because it was caught on videotape. Yeah. And that was a rarity. Things like that happened all the time. They, yeah, they you still know, happen I, all the time. I, I, I remember getting beat up by the cops when I was a teen. We knew that the cops might beat our ass, <laughs> have guns pointed at us. The my, cops might shoot us if they felt like it. They would tell us. They'd threaten us. And they meant it. So these were things that were a reality to people of color for a long time. A change started to happen here. When the Trayvon Martin case happened, the shooting happened on February 26, 2012. And the local media covered it, I think, where they're at to some degree. Um, But the national media did not really touch this case until almost two weeks later. It wasn't until uh, March 16th when it actually, like, blew up and became a national thing. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that it went viral on social media. Right. And I remember when I saw, I first learned about it on Facebook. I saw, you know, that this guy had not even been charged yet, would, would murder yet and whatnot. And it went viral on um, social media. Mm-hmm. And after it went viral on social media, then, of course, it was covered on every single right. news outlet. And that has become the norm now. Yeah, because there's a demand now. Before, Like, before there wasn't. You know, the like you said, the news had the, um, like the free domain pretty much to report what they wanted to report on, and there was no feedback. I mm-hmm. mean, you could call in or like write an email or something, but here now with the social media, every single news outlet has a Facebook, a Twitter, you know, on, and they have comment sections and reviews, and there is a, a um, interactive. That it, it's it is it's interactive news now, so people can comment and people can start movements and hashtags, and so now the news is held to more of they they are at more at the demand of the people, whereas before it wasn't really like that. It was kind of like let's let's report on the big the hot topics, but not necessarily what what actually the people want to hear, mm-hmm. more or less, or the you know the majority of people. So now everybody is kind of at the. And at you see the, it happen. Um, another recent, like moving alive recently. Democracy now 
Amy Goodman and the crew from Democracy Now, coincidentally, was in um, North Dakota at Standing Rock. Right. And they were covering something else. It was a, it, it was related, but it wasn't. They were there for a covering the camps and the protesters. They just happened to coincidentally take a walk to um, where the Dakota a- Access Pipeline, where they were the ground that they were trying to gain access to. Mm-hmm. And what had happened was, so the tribe had filed for this ground to be um, considered. Um, sacred ground under under one of the acts um, for Native Americans mm-hmm. to be considered sacred gar- ground so that it wasn't able to be touched. And what happened was they went to court on a Friday. And because, you know, in any court case, anything that uh, that the petitioner has, the um, respondent has access to this. And the, the Dakota Access Pipeline folks being the respondent had access to the information that was submitted. Now a decision wasn't going to be made till after the weekend, but one of the things that was submitted was the maps of the land that was considered sacred. So what happened was the people from the Dakota access pipeline used the information because they had the maps to try to go and destroy the land before they came back for the judge to make a decision Mm -hmm. so that by the time they came back, the land was already destroyed. It couldn't be considered sacred ground or whatever. Mm -hmm. And what happened was Amy Goodman and the, and, and the folks from democracy now were there. They were walking up to lay flowers on the sacred land and they caught, these people red-handed in the act of destroying this, the bulldozers and whatnot. Uh-huh. And, of course, people radio back to the people on the campgrounds because originally it was just a small group of people. When they mm-hmm. found out they were there, they all rushed there, and this altercation happened in which this private security company, private security company that was hired, where a lot of these people, were, as was discovered through research, were military-trained people, and they had dogs that... Were caught on camera attacking the protesters. People with bites. Mm-hmm. Um, the people were caught pepper spraying on camera, and these are things that, um, using Democracy Now as an example, um, and shout out to Democracy Now. Um, they were one of the first people to be free independent media long before the internet existed. So this was like they had to go on public access and 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 places where people had to really make an effort right. to, to become properly informed. Well, in this situation, years later in the age of information, what happened was the videos were posted to Democracy Now!'s website and mm-hmm. YouTube, and of course they went viral. Right. And everybody saw this with their own eyes, these things happening. That that happened all the time, but because most media was corporate-owned, they didn't report on these right. things. It was too taboo. Yeah. Um, Because it went viral, all the media had to mass media had to cover it. Mm-hmm. Amy was on NBC. Amy was on CNN. She had to go on and, and the media had to cover this. Yeah. So I think it's a, in a positive note, the mass media has been forced to cover these issues that before people left in the dark You're right. because they know they're in competition with social media. Yeah, they need to still gain, you know, if, if, if the people know that this particular outlet isn't reporting things they're gonna they're gonna stop watching them or that like uh there's gonna be a like question of why aren't you you know why and that's you see that all the time on social media why is nobody reporting this why is no one talking about this mm-hmm. yeah so there it it comes down to obviously the content um where if some people don't really some outlets don't want to touch certain things because they don't want to be too controversial but at the same time it also comes down to your numbers and your ratings too Mm-hmm. And um, with media, the people they supply you with your with your views and your your money essentially. So mm-hmm. it, it's definitely changed the game because if you're not um, as a news outlet, if you're not putting out what you know what the people want to hear, then you will fail, and you're competing with social media in that way. Mm-hmm. And so, those, and, and so, in my opinion, that's the positive. Now, moving on to the negative side of things. I think that, unfortunately, as we discussed before, the flip side is that anybody can, you know, create uh, anything, anything. <laughs> and unfortunately, most people don't read past headlines. Right. And it becomes dangerous because anybody can write whatever headline they want 
and someone if they want to see you know they'll see it and it's like you were saying earlier they're resharing it and they're telling everybody for instance there was this thing pizzagate (laughs) with the clintons where there was a story about how the clintons had this secret underground sex trafficking ring with children in this pizza shop and and Washington, D.C. And it, it turned out it was completely false. I mean, it, you know, uh, don't get me wrong. There are certain conspiracies that have existed throughout history that the media hasn't covered. And But then there is some things that are just people that live off of feeding those people that believe everything's a conspiracy. Right. And there's always a conspiracy. And in this situation, you had people who wanted to hate Hillary Clinton. They wanted to hate her, and they for whatever reason. So when these types of things were put out, people were believing it because they wanted to believe it. And what happened is it kind of affected the election to some degree. Right. Like, our elections were severely uh, impacted by a lot of fake news that was out there. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you look at someone like Donald Trump, who his stance is... In- any any news that went against what he believed, he would label fake news. That's just his mo. Like, and that's because he's someone who's worked in media, and I think that's I think that's why he knew he could become president because he 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 worked in entertainment and learned how to use that to apply to a certain base. But you know these these uh fake news, real fake news articles. Not meaning something you disagree with and you just label it fake news. I'm like legit fake where people just make make something up up and put it out there. They can kind of have, they can be dangerous. They can be the downside. Right. And that's like, uh, goes back to reading your, like reading your sources and find, because there have been articles, because like ever, like ever, like the onion is a super like that's a very popular satirical website and everybody well i <laughs> not everybody but for the most part people know that the onion is satire that anything on there is not news and uh i, I sadly i know that some people read the articles and are like is this real but the way they're very well written but it's very clear that they are satirical but i have found myself reading articles and i'm like okay so I'm not familiar with the um, the website. What is this? And I have to click through that website to find like about the about the page, and then it says satirical um, information. But they make it so hard to find to find that it's you know it's not clear like written right in the top or the bottom. So there are people who do not take the time to look into it. Like there was one article I had seen shared about like a. A pregnant woman who got beaten, beat up by the police, and then she lost her baby. And I kept seeing people sharing it, and they're like, "This is, you know, outrage, blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Wait, like, there's no way, like, there's no way a seven-month-old pregnant woman got." So I looked, and well, I I would hope there, I hope would hope that something that wouldn't happen. So, anyway, so I looked deeper into it, and it it was a fake, it was a totally made-up fake article, but people. We're sharing it and, you know, spreading outrage. And I'm like, okay, so this is where the media works against us. Because for people who do want to raise awareness about police brutality and injustices, then you have articles like that going out there and kind of destroying the credibility of anything you see. So now we've gotten to this point where there are people who are like just going to say, oh, you can't trust anything. So if it supports their point of view, they're going to say, no, nope. Nope, that's fake. I I don't I don't agree with that. It's fake news. So it's a very there's a very dangerous line that we walk with the freedom that we have to um to like write anything you want to write and publish anything you want to publish. So again, the responsibility falls on the the consumer to you know figure it out for ourselves. And unfortunately, I think that a lot of people are too lazy to do that. But yeah, and there's a lot of people who depend on that 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 like. Deliberately are like I'm not gonna I'm gonna make people have to search to find to see because they know a lot right. of people won't. Well, and it kind of it, it almost reminds me of like when somebody is accused of something or charged with a crime. After that, it doesn't matter whether you're proven guilty or not because that's always gonna be hanging over your head. Oh, this so and so was accused of this, so 
there are people who say think a, an, an accusation is um, a conviction. Guilty in the court of public opinion. Yeah, as I right. Say. So that's again, it's a very dangerous line you walk, and you, people definitely exploit it. Yeah, and I think you'll see some. In some cases, you see journalists, quote-unquote, or the bloggers or whoever the person is writing the media, where they take responsibility. Now, you will see the icon that says, opinion piece, under the headline. Right, Ed- editorial in the newspaper. And I think that's something that people should do. Take take the response, and maybe the social media take the responsibility of forcing that to be a case. See, I've mixed emotions because I'm not all big on the government enforcing um regulations when it comes to media like i think that's a dangerous line but i think if you're facebook or you're a social media site you can force anyone who's gonna post some form of article like if you're an opinion piece make sure you write this is an opinion piece or satire the things that you see some sites take the initiative to put yeah, that there. Right. Even it's small print underneath, at least it's right there yeah, because where you, someone can know that. You want to be a trustworthy source. But this kind of, it, it also, with everything said, well, you know, you have to be careful and you have to be proactive in finding um, credibility and um, accurate information. It's also, I just want to emphasize the importance of the media in general. Like, I think in our country, people take it for granted so much because it's so easy to say the media is slanted and the media is this and the media is that. And while men, that's totally true, anything you watch on um, the main the mainstream media, they are all slanted and we all know in which directions. But to discourage participation in the news in general is a very, very dangerous, a dangerous thing. So I think it while it's while being misinformed is bad, being totally uninformed altogether is worse. Is worse, and I agree. So, and you know what? One of the, you know what the things are that people don't understand. This is why net neutrality is such an important topic, right? And I think I encourage anybody listening, and when you are voting for your senators and congressmen and assemblymen and anybody that takes part in the enshapement and enforcement of public policy in regards to the internet. See where they stand on net neutrality because that is one of those things that could shut down and reverse the age of immigration very quickly. And we could be in a situation like Cuba or North Korea, North Korea, where you don't have intersex. Right, right. Internet access. And I think that, uh, like, you know, obviously there's all there are all different types of propaganda and being able being able to. um differentiate or uh, discern what what information you're being given is important but I like I said don't take do not take media for granted don't um, I feel like we as Americans we have it pretty good here and we have all of these freedoms that we don't when when those freedoms are threatened in however however small the threat may be it's like almost like people don't notice so um Staying like to stay informed how is more important than to just say, oh, you can't trust anything out there. I'm just not going to pay attention to any of it. Yeah, that's definitely I agree. I think one of the you know, me as someone who believes in a democratic republic is as the best form of government. Obviously, it's got its faults like any form of government. But I think the key to a democracy working or a democratic republic like our country isn't a, a properly informed public. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's I definitely appreciate where we're at more than, uh, you know, as opposed to not having it the way we have it um, on a lighter note. You know, there's some annoyances with it, like you non-social issues or, po- or politics as you know, you have situations where entertainers are in the entertainment world. People can people can label themselves a critic or, you know, you'll see the reviews when we were talking earlier about like such <laughs> as the Iron Fist. Someone wrote the Iron Fist bombs dramatically. And I'm like, 
this is an accurate. This is one person's opinion. Like the re, like first of all, it's a Netflix series, right. so you'd have to wait to the end of the month to get the analytic r- reports. And I don't think you're speaking on behalf of all people that are fans of comic because I know me and most of my friends that are Marvel Netflix fans loved it. Um, I take it. I, I, it takes me back to this article that was from uh, May thirteenth, twenty fifteen. And this was on VerySmartBrothers.com. And the headline read, 10 non-singing-ass singers that people swear can sing. And I'm like, okay, let me read this. So number one on it, or not number one, it has a picture of um, Keith Sweat, who came in at number two on the list. And I'm like, okay, obviously, it's a common opinion. Keith Sweat is not known for being an amazing vocalist. But on the list, as I read, John Legend is on the list. Like, what? I'm like, like, and Alicia Keys are on the list. And I'm like, granted, John Legend is not, uh, you know, the most amazing singer in the world, but he can sing. Yeah, right. The guy can no, sing. he can sing. Alicia Keys is no more I carry, but sing. she can sing. You know what I'm saying? And then the nail in the coffin for me, where I was like, this guy... Whoever wrote this does not know what the other time out. Mary J. Blige is number six They're on the like, list. like, what? So as a person who loves music, who's involved in music, and knows many people, this is clearly a person with no real yeah. musical what knowledge who just decided to write an article based on and, and name all these people that I, the overwhelming music community, I'm sure, would, would disagree, disagree with Panama Jackson. Like, who, um, like just because you don't personally like someone's music doesn't mean you can say that they can't sing. And this is my point of you know, it, it, this is a headline where someone wrote clearly an opinion piece. And Panama Jackson has a right to have his opinion, but it's a bad one. Right. <laughs> and I think I, most people in the music community would agree with me. God, what's the most most what is it? Smart Brothers or very smart brothers dot com. Yeah, I said it's not very musically inclined brothers dot com is what they should be. Yeah, uh, agreed, agreed. So you have situations like that. Then I saw like the cargo shorts. Yeah, BuzzFeed and this war attempt at the war on cargo shorts. They posted an article on this topic. Not once, but like twice within a few months. It's like, peri- what period. is your problem with cargo shorts? They're they're functional. And like anybody who needs pockets knows that they use those pockets. I've people keep their keys in that little side, the side like calf pocket. <laughs> and, and my thing is, is like, okay, one person, your opinion, you may not like cargo shorts, but this overall general statement, as if this is the consensus of the whole fashion world, right? I'm like, like cargo shorts to- need to go. I hate to break it to this person, but I'm like, hey, there's a lot of people who wear them and enjoy them for fashion reasons. But for people like me that's worked that works as a cameraman or anybody else who works doing other things in the summertime, like you need we're gonna pockets. rock our cargo shorts, right? And they aren't like they're not even that bad. They're like just, I mean, I wouldn't say to wear them to like a wedding, but in general for men's fashion, they're not that bad. And I, it makes me wonder. I'm like, did a girl write that? Like. Like who are a woman? Did a woman write the article? Because I feel like any dude that wears clothes is gonna under like gonna see the value of wearing cargo shorts. Because one of the like one of the things that women talk about a lot is how um, non-functional our pockets are. Like it's really annoying when you buy a pair of pants as a woman and the pockets are like it's just a fake pocket or it's like a really small pocket. So, like, personally, I can appreciate some pockets. Like, it's a thing where it's, like, when you buy a dress and you realize it has pockets, it's like, oh, my gosh, this dress has pockets. So, as a woman, I could definitely get behind cargo shorts because not everyone wants to carry a purse around. And, obviously, you know. So, the first one was by Pablo Valdivia. This was August 16th, 2015. So, this was actually a couple years ago. And he's a junior staff writer. Maybe he got picked on for wearing cargo shorts. It must be, or he hate, or he doesn't look good in them. And I, I don't know. <laughs> um, that was the first one. Then there was uh, there was another one. 
there was another article. I can't find it. But there was I another one, one last it was year. Like a, it was it was, and, and, and I'm just like, these these are those situations where, you, like I said, in the edge of people are putting these things out to try to shape social public right. opinion. And like it's you just, just like, want someone to stop wearing. Like, who gave you the authority? Seriously. The fashion police are <laughs> out in full force. Seriously. Anyway, so we're running out of time here, but, I, you know, Hopefully, people gain some insight here about the age of information, and we encourage everybody. Um, it's funny because this show is a result. We're able to do this show as a result of the age of information. So, hope we can encourage some people. Look, do your research, people. The information is out there. Um, if you if you if you really want to know something, you can find the information. But also check your sources. I'll always check the sources and make sure you know the difference between what's fact and what's opinion. As we always push here at telling it like it is. Know the one plus one equals. As always, if you have any questions, comments, topics you want to discuss, or um, past shows you want to talk about, uh, email us at Tealy Truth Radio. That's T I L I Truth Radio at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media on Facebook. It's t- Telling It Like It Is Official Radio Show. On Twitter and Instagram at T Lee Truth Radio. It's T I L I Truth Radio. Yes, and please, please do send us some emails and comments. And if you want to be a guest on the show, let us know. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Thanks for joining us. This is Telling It Like It Is. Telling is, is Telling It Like It Is is produced by myself, Matt Ely, Veronica Ely, and Zara Vignola. And we are not. Democrats, we are not Republicans, we are not conservatives, we are not liberals, we are realists, and we are always telling it like it is. <laughs>